Blog Talk Radio. Radio, where it's Friday, and I'm your host, Michael Gardner, along with Ben Florence. Flo, um, the show Mad Men is coming back to television. When's the last, after a long sabbatical, when's the last time you took sort of the day off for a very long period of time? Uh, probably doing schoolwork when I was a senior in high school. So I'm amazed I actually got to college. So there you go. All right. You are, once again, this is... Uh, you're uh, blogtalkradio.com. This is Fanatic Radio. We are coming to you live through a very interesting studio. Hopefully this can be the new home of the show once we work out all the kinks and all the bugs. But uh, for now, let's immediately jump into what I think most of America wants us to talk about right now is the NCAA tournament. Uh, some key Sweet 16 games last night out of the games that were played. They weren't really close except the Syracuse-Wisconsin game. Essentially. Yeah. So you surprised that games like this now, once they reach the regionals, have sort of panned out and the better team has shown that they're the better team? Uh, well, I think really is the what the key is that when uh, teams, usually in the first few rounds when they're like a really good team, they're, they're expecting to get there. They're expecting to get to the regional finals, being contention for Final Four. So they, they're not expecting to be upset early. But when they get to the top rounds, when they get to, like, the Sweet 16, that's the Elite Eight, then they realize, all right, now we've gotten through the teams that were upset to be us. Now we're playing teams that are either on our caliber or even a little bit better. So they're not – I mean, they're not kind of – they don't get – you don't get surprised at this level. Like, a team could come out of nowhere and upset you. That really doesn't happen here. So looking at the games tonight – we have a couple of good ones on hand. Which one are you most looking forward to? Because you said in your blog, bflow360.com, plug, that oh. that Xavier is going to upset Baylor. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Baylor is that they are, they, there's no question they're the more talented team. It's just that they've been inconsistent all year. Now, when they've played really good teams, they've, they've come up short. So I really think because, Xavier, they've got some size. They don't have a guy like a Perry Jones, and they also have all the great guard play. So I really think they're going to shoot their way. I think it's going to be a tight game, and I really think uh, Xavier's going to pull the upset. I'm a big fan of Coach Chris Mack, and I think he will get the upper edge over uh, Scott Drew. 
All right, and the other major game I think everyone's looking forward to is Indiana-Kentucky, a rematch of an earlier season game that was in Assembly Hall where the Hoosiers were able to pull off the upset. That's not going to happen again, is it? Uh, I really don't think so. I think this Kentucky team, I think that game, I think before that, they they were really thinking, all right, we're, we're just the best team ever. And after that, they realized, all right, there are teams that can beat us. And so I think that really grounded them. And then they started to peak and play at the level everyone thought they could play. And then they lost in the SEC tournament, which kind of like does it again. Because Rick Pitino, when he coached Kentucky to a national title, did the exact same thing. Had him lose. Famously, he like benched Antoine Walker back when Antoine Walker right. was relevant. For a long period of time, basically just throw away the game so these guys realize they don't go in with their heads way too high, even though they are the most talented team program. I really think that they're gunning for revenge, and I, I just don't think that uh, the Hoosiers have it this time. And, of course, North, a lot of media attention swirling around North Carolina. Kendall Marshall was wearing a full-arm brace cast, essentially, yesterday. And Coach Roy Williams said if he isn't even able to brush his teeth, let alone play, how much has this changed? We talked a little bit about this on SportsZone on Tuesday, but how much has this changed the dynamic of North Carolina now that Dexter Strickland and Kendall Marshall are not playing? Well, I mean, North Carolina shouldn't have any problem with Ohio. They are clearly the more talented team. I mean, I'd be really stunned. I think Ohio may give them a game early on, but I'd be stunned if Ohio came out and beat them. It's just because, I mean, UNC's got, like, they've got stars at the fours. they got Barnes, they got Zeller, and they got Henson. We're all, in my opinion, first-round draft picks in the NBA. For the NBA, true. But it's the key was the key kind of the glue was Kendall Marshall, who kind of made those guys better because he was able to distribute the ball to them really well. I don't think because I I don't think he's gonna play, and I don't see really any reason for him to play tonight because, like I said, I really don't think they'll struggle with Ohio if they end up losing Ohio and he doesn't play. Then that would be more as usual. But I really think they're gonna no. hold off him. They're going to hold off on him, and I really think that uh, uh, they're going to try. They're going to try. He's going to try and give it a go on uh, Sunday. Are you? I understand that you picked Ohio to make it to the Sweet Sixteen. I did not. Oh well, so I, you, I picked Ohio to beat Michigan, but I didn't. I had them losing to USF. I did as well, which is very. Well, actually, I didn't have Ohio. I thought Michigan could get it done, but it seems like they're get, not getting a lot of credit. I mean, are you surprised that a 13 seed is made to the Sweet 16? I think they're the highest seed left. Uh, I am uh, honestly uh, pretty surprised. I really think that because uh, Ohio wasn't really on everyone's radar because they weren't the best team coming out of the MAC going into the MAC tournament. Uh, Akron was the number one seed, but I really think that they've come together. They they got it. Uh, Michigan was a very good matchup then because they're a great three point defending team. And when you play someone like South Florida, who can't score, right? and they play really physical and low-scoring games, you always have a chance against those teams. But the guys have really stepped up for this uh, Bobcats team, uh, notably being a Clark Kellogg's son. I think uh, his name is Nick, I want to say. Nick Kellogg. Nick Kellogg. But, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm genuinely surprised. I love it. I mean, you know, so March Madness. All right, going back to last night's game. Obviously, Syracuse squeaks by, saying that basically all you have to do is shoot three-pointers as hot as Wisconsin did last night. I think one time they made five straight three, five straight field goals 
they were all three-pointers. Yeah. But, and of course, Ohio State muscling out Cincinnati, which proves how strong they are inside. Two teams on the flip side of those four games played yesterday. Louisville and Florida. Are you surprised that the first one seed to go down was Michigan State? In turn, uh, I really felt that Michigan State was the weakest of the number one seeds, so I, so I guess my answer would be I'm not really surprised. But I really thought they were the better team. I mean, Louisville is hot, but the problem with Louisville all year has been that they can't score, and that they're a really good defensive team. And while Michigan State's a really good defensive team, they can score. So I thought Michigan State had the edge there. So, but I mean, Louisville's a really good team, and when Rick Pitino's teams get going in the tournament, once they get past, like, when they got upset, like, for example, last year against Morton State in the first round, they, they really are very, uh, can be a very strong team. And I think that uh, it'll be a really good game against Florida. Who Florida, they, they I thought they were almost a little underseed because they were right. a really talented team. They have a great starting five. They were third in the SEC. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's just my opinion. They were a little underseed. But I felt that once that team came gel together, they would start playing really well, and they have. Of course, the same Florida. This is almost the identical Florida team that faced AU last year in the VVT Classic, minus Chandler Parsons. Yeah. And I want to say that's it as the, as a major core player. They still have Kenny Boyd, and they still have Irving Walker, mm-hmm. Patrick Young. This they they hung 68. They beat Marquette by 10. Yeah. And they, I mean, obviously, it's a cakewalk against Norfolk State. Yeah. Which we've always loved to see Missouri, Florida. Mm-hmm. And then they beat Virginia, which sort of was on the downswing after the ACC tournament. But this is a team that can really shoot the ball well. Absolutely. And Louisville, on the other hand, holding Michigan State to 44 points. Yeah. That's absurd. And, and, Dray- it, and Draymond Green didn't play that well. Right. That's, that's the thing where CBS is all hyping him up being like yeah. the A-Smith award winner. So, I don't know. So, who are your predictions for tonight? You have Xavier beating Baylor. Yes. Is it because of too much too Holloway? Uh, yeah, I really think it's going to be too Holloway. They've got some size to bang with Baylor, but I really think it's going to be guard play, particularly of uh, Mr. Holloway. I feel like Baylor could – it depends if Xavier hangs with them yeah, I agree. deep in the second half. I agree. We've seen, we've seen the tournament, which has been very ubiquitous and has gotten on my nerves after a while, is where teams get out to about a 15, 20-point lead and they're not able to hold it. Yeah. Of course, that's the excitement, that's the drama, of that course. you know when a team's going to come back. I feel like Xavier is the team that could make that comeback. Ab- absolutely. And it just shows that in this game that because the three-point shot, particularly in tournament time, is so important, and teams have to realize that even if you get a 10-15 point lead, that could go away in a span of a few possessions, and then it's a game. So teams really need to realize they need to keep their foot on the gas. All right. You, we both have UNC beating Ohio. Too much talent on that Carolina yeah. Blue squad. Kansas, North Carolina State. This is an NC State team that beat Georgetown, mm-hmm. who I actually had going to the Final Four. I was an idiot for that because I feel like <laughs> once they got past those first, second round, yeah. they can make a deep run of the tournament. Uh-huh. Kansas Is Kansas too much talent within Thomas Robinson? Because, of course, we saw a Purdue team almost beat yeah. the Jayhawks. Do you feel like North Carolina State could pull off the upset? I think they absolutely could. I mean, I was really down before the year on the Mark Gottfried hire. I mean, he did a decent job, but I thought he was almost kind of a retread. But of late, he's really got this team rolling. They've been all playing really well of late. But I really think that uh, – and Seth Davis made this point on uh, SI.com about that this the Kansas game against uh, Purdue will actually help them because they were kind of – seemed like they were kind of sleeping – Early in the game, True. Robbie Hummel went off, which is ridiculous. And that's the thing that North Carolina State doesn't have, yeah. Robbie Hummel. Yeah, so I really think that 
now Kansas is now, in my opinion, the favorite to get to the Final Four because of the Kendall Marshall injury. So right. I really think that Kansas will come out on top. Even though I think that should be a very competitive game. It should be because North Carolina State has proven they can hang with teams. They almost beat North Carolina in the ACC tournament. They, I think they almost beat Duke earlier on the regular season, but of course we'll get to that in a minute about the Blue Devils. They're playing very consistent with George, they beat Georgetown. Who was the 60 they beat? I think it was San Diego State. Many had, yes. many had making a deep run. Uh, well, I think that San Diego State team, I mean, they lost a lot of what they had from last year, and Steve Fisher did a great job this year. And I had them beating NC State, but I think they were a pretty overrated team. They really don't have great players, so I think that that upset was not a surprise. I know a bunch of people had that upset, but I, I felt, I mean, I had Georgetown losing in the first round, and then I had Belmont get into the Sweet 16, so right. which was brilliant on my part, but because I think you made this point, too. Once uh, You did make this point. Once Georgetown gets past those teams, they go deep, right. which they have in the past. Which is like Louisville this year. Exactly. So, but... You know, it, that was just another falling apart. Georgetown, you know, they they've really struggled the last several years. Now I believe this is this is their fourth straight tournament where they their tournament run has been ended by a ten seed or higher. And of course, the last game of the night, uh, Indiana Kentucky. I feel like Kentucky is too athletic for a Hoosiers team I that almost lost to VCU. Yeah. It's something, it's something about, because many people are saying it's going to be Kentucky-North Carolina final, which should ultimately change now. But Kentucky, I've never seen a more, I've never seen how much staying a year in college affects someone. Yeah. The last time I've seen that was with Blake Griffin stayed. Okay. His sophomore year. I think yeah. ended up being player of the year. Absolutely. Or yeah, at least, yeah, at least an All-American. It's just that year does so much. Daron Lamb, Terrence Jones, and now you got Michael Kid Giltris in the post. I feel like Coach Calipari has this team ready because the, uh, the panel, you guys were asked on SportsZone on Tuesday, what is a weakness that Kentucky has? Many people said experience, which is one thing. I'm thinking another one is preparation, mm. confidence in a way. Because if you go, you can many because it's uh, Kentucky can go into this game and ultimately down the stretch on the Elite Eight, the Final Four, maybe the national championship, saying that we could beat this team. That you know we have it easy since we've done so well earlier in the tournament. It's almost like they could fall asleep and some team could totally catch them. The only reason why Indiana will win this game is if they shoot lights out. Yeah. Because I don't think because one there it's not in Indiana. Yeah. We're not in that, Assembly Hall anymore. It played that definitely played a big part. And another thing is Kentucky. I think losing to Vanderbilt was almost a wake up call for yeah, this team. Absolutely. To know that's that what is. I was kind of touching on earlier. And they've got a guy, Anthony Davis, who I think I think would ultimately will ultimately be the uh, Naismith Award winner because he he just. I haven't seen a guy that can change a game like him. And he's athletic and he can play. Right. He used to play guard before he grew. So, I've, I mean, there hasn't been a guy that could change a game defensively. I mean, he's just a freak on defense. He can block any shot, even ones you didn't think he could get to. So, I really think that ha- ha- him, them having that gives them a tremendous advantage. All right, so that will do it for our Sweet 16 coverage here on Fanatic Radio. But now we'll switch gears as – We'll have uh, one of our marquee guests on the lines. Back to Duke is what I said. A team that many had going deep. Some had him losing. I had him losing in the second round to Xavier. But Me little too. did we know that the little school in Central Valley, Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania, or Central Valley, yeah, who am I kidding? Eh. The Lehigh Mountains would upset them. And 
we were able to get CJ McCollum. Yeah. Patriot League Player I'm of the Year. On our Sonic drive.
saw on the screen that you guys will be facing National Powerhouse Duke University? Well, there's a lot of excitement. Uh, for, first and foremost, we were happy to be able to get back on that stage, you know, and be able to represent the Patriot League in the NCAA tournament. And then we definitely liked the matchup. We felt like uh, we, our, our guards matched up well against them. Our big men were confident and strong enough to handle their own on the inside as well. So it seems like you guys are very prepared for that game. What was sort of the mood like after Selection Sunday leading up to that game in Greensboro? Oh, we were definitely excited. We liked the matchup. We thought it was a favorable, favorable matchup for us, despite what uh, popular opinion uh, had, had down on paper. So, um, we, we knew it was going in. We could play as hard as we could and uh, execute, and we could come away with the win, and we did that. And once again, you came up huge, scoring 30 points. What was more difficult to know that Duke would come out with a tough defense to sort of limit every possession that you guys had or the fact that you needed to create your own shots, especially hitting that huge three later down the stretch? Uh, I think I think it was just uh, the biggest biggest thing going on was defense. You know, we weren't really worried about offense or what they were going to do to us uh, defensively. We just wanted to work worry about securing rebounds, making sure we limit the uh, second chance opportunities, and uh, defending the three point line. That was basically our key going into that one. And of course, what were the reactions afterwards to not only be one of the few 15 seeds to beat a two seed, but be on a day where earlier Norfolk State beat Missouri and have a crazy day in the NCAA tournament? Oh, it was a great day. We had no idea Norfolk State had won until after our game because we were doing warm-ups during the end of their game. But that was definitely a great feeling. You know, it was a, probably the biggest win in school history for us. And it was just a great win. And hopefully we can continue to build from that. How will you guys build off from that? Because it seems like you now have a lot of high expectations going into next year. I'm just going to continue to work hard and uh, learn from that learn from that game and this tournament in general. You know, take away the positive and the negatives. You know, we, we had a lot of highs and lows, but... As a team, we, we we came together as a family, and I think that's going to be huge for the next for the next year to make sure we fit together. Does it seem like any added more pressure that your last year in college basketball next year, and you sort of have to be the face of this team, showing that especially the new guys what it takes to be the best of your full potential? No, there's no added pressure. You know, it's my last year. I want to just play as hard as I can, work as work as hard as I can for my last my last uh, go round at it. But uh, we definitely don't feel any added pressure. At the end of the day, it's just a basketball game. You know. So we can we can just work hard and prepare ourselves, but we can't always control outcomes. All right, CJ McCollum, best of luck to you in the off season and next year. And we hope to see you, especially back down here at Bender Arena, you take on AU next year. All right, thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, thanks for joining us. All right. Lehigh guard CJ McCollum joining us here on Fanatic Radio. The Sonic Drive-In Hotline. Very interesting words from a, like I said earlier, a household name. He yeah. is a force to be reckoned with now. Absolutely. I mean, just, I mean, this is what the tournament does. You see star players kind of become born to become almost household names when they take down these big schools, especially as one as, uh, was it Robert O'Quinn? The guy from Kyle O'Quinn. Kyle O'Quinn. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that guy just had the game of his life, and that team overall had played the game of their lives. And you just saw the next game, they basically used up all their energy, you know, their luck. And uh, the glass slippers, you know, they don't, they can't last forever, I guess, to use a terrible metaphor. <laughs> so, and then they got blasted by Florida. But you, you saw a team that, for the year, shot 30% from three, hit over, hit like, 53% against Missouri, and almost beat them at their own game, plus have a strong inside presence. So it was 
it was it was a great you know it's just you know March Madness at its finest. Yeah, but it's interesting talking to CJ because he said the matchup was almost perfect, which is hilarious because knowing that American actually beat Lehigh yeah. during the regular season. Yeah. And then, yeah, Lehigh was so confident. Of course, they were. I had Billy Knudsen in the post, Matthew McKnight, who I think is either a sophomore or a freshman guard. Mm-hmm. Very talented, bright future for him. I think the reason why Lehigh beat us not the first time was because C.J. McCollum pretty much had everything. 30 points on 29 shot attempts. American defense was just too strong. Also, it helps when you're at home. Yeah. When we went into their place in the tournament, everyone else contributed. And talking to people on the basketball program, they said that's actually how Lehigh beat him the first time. And ultimately how Lehigh beat Duke was when C.J. McCollum shined. And the reason why they almost beat Xavier was because everyone else. Also, McCollum got in foul trouble in that game, which really hurt. I would have loved to see Lehigh make the Sweet 16. Oh, that would have been great. And they, they, you saw against Xavier, they had a great, they were playing a great game. That's right. And uh, and even McCollum in the uh, first half wasn't, uh, didn't get his stuff going. And they really got off to a strong start in the second half. Then they really just fell apart. And then Xavier went on a strong run and was able to finish like that. That's why you think they're going to be Baylor. Yes. All right, so we'll take a so there you go. quick music break, which is what we're known for here on Fanatic Radio. But when we come back, we will talk some NFL as Tim Tebow and more will join us. Hello. How are you doing? Good, how are you? Great. couple of
Welcome back to Fanatic Radio here on blogtalkradio.com. Phone lines are open 646-595-3137. Mal Gardner here with Ben Florence. We've had CJ McCollum, the Sonic Drive-In Hotline. Listen to the podcast on iTunes or on blogtalkradio.com slash fanaticradio or facebook.com slash fanaticradio to find out more on how you can listen to this week's episode as well as previous episodes archived at your convenience. Very exciting. This is sort of the new age of Fanatic Radio. Uh, absolutely. What know. do you think of the studio so far? It's pretty nice. The uh, Media Production Center is uh, very, very nice, and def- and uh, I'd say it's safe to say a, a step forward. Yes. If you will. Yes. From from humble beginnings, and so now we'll jump to the NFL with our what was our segment called? Two minute warning. Uh, two minute drill, whatever. Two minute, know. yeah. We're on the clock right now as we have an NFL segment. How crazy it has been in a time of college basketball. Yeah. Where that has pretty much engulfed America. Who would have thought that the NFL would hook its head around and cause so much of a stir between Peyton Manning, the Broncos, and Tim Tebow? Before we dissect that, your initial thoughts of essentially what went down as probably one of the biggest trades in the NFL offseason. Uh, well, or acquisitions. In, def- in terms of uh, Peyton Manning, who's probably the top free agent at the market in a long time, I think he probably wanted to stay in the AFC. Oh, no, he definitely wanted to stay in the AFC, I'd say. And I think he wanted to be on a team that could be a contender for uh, for quite a while. He signed, a, I believe, a five-year deal on the AFC West. AFC West. West. <laughs> West is uh, very, very mediocre. The uh, the Chargers are on the way down. The Chiefs are middling. The Raiders are the Raiders, and the Broncos really took a big step forward last year with Tim Tebow and with Peyton Manning. And they they make the right moves in the draft. They'll be a uh, they'll be a playoff team for uh, quite a while. I think we have someone that might hold the key for the answers. As we have a call on our line. What's up? You are on Fanac Radio. What is up, Michael Gardner? How are you? I'm good. Colin Reynolds, how are you? We're live from the quad at American University, I'm guessing. Yes, sir. A beautiful day outside, and we're doing the radio show. Could not think of anything any better. We're talking some football right now. We want to know your thoughts on the whole Peyton Manning going to the Broncos and Tim Tebow signing with the Jets, I believe, tomorrow. Yes. So uh, that is that is what I've heard. Um, I mean, I think it's interesting. I We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Um, I'm surprised, I'm going to be honest, I'm surprised that uh, Peyton had such a quick turnaround. Um, that being said, I think he is uh, hes making the money that he wanted to make. Um, we all know that. I mean, like I said, uh, he is a, uh, a big-name player, so he's going to bring in some dollars. But uh, I think i think he's going to end up happy there. Um, we'll see how that season goes. Um, I mean, I... The Tebow going to the Jets thing, I think it's a pretty big publicity stunt from the Jets. Honestly, I, uh, I mean, I hate to say this, but let's put all the all the quarterbacks that can't really throw and put them on the Jets. Uh, <laughs> honestly, let's be honest. Mark Mark Sanchez, Tim Tebow. I mean, who else? Who's next? Like, you know, you know what I'm saying, though. So, is, I feel like it's the wrong decision that the Jets did getting Tim Tebow. Tebow in the Big Apple doesn't get any better than that. He shares it with Jeremy Lin. That's true. We're going to have Tim Sanity come out of the Big Apple right now. But, uh, I mean, 
you know, I, we'll see how that season plays out. I'm not sure if uh, if that's going to be a good gig for him or not. Um, whether he starts or whether Sanchez starts, um, I mean, we'll see what happens there. All right, uh, also. Go ahead. Another thing uh, we'll have to touch on, also Flo and I will comment on this after, is the bounties. I thought Sean Payton yeah. is suspended for a year. The Saints, apparently ESPN was saying he could lose up to, what was it, like $56 million the Saints could ultimately with this happening? Yes. Uh, can you believe it? And also, I, how they're comparing it, they're, they're comparing it to uh, $5.8 million. Yeah. is too big of money. Yeah. $5.8 million yeah. is what Payton could lose up to. And right. Williams gets banned, and they're comparing the city of New Orleans is comparing this to Hurricane Katrina. Can you believe this? I I, I am honestly I'm shocked that they would uh, go so far to compare this the suspensions to, uh, to Hurricane Katrina. Um, that being said, I do think um, I, I'm glad the NFL took a stand on this, um, even though that the players were only getting paid like certain. I mean, small pocket change. Let's be honest. Five thousand dollars to an NFL player is a uh, is pocket change. But um, I, I mean, it's still it's something. And I think that the NFL uh, made the right choice in in suspending these uh, the couple coaches that they did. And uh, we'll see how how it plays out with the um, the players getting uh, individually suspended. Um, I think the NFL said that they were going to review the the case the cases on a individual basis this week. So um, we'll see by the end of the week how that plays out. All right, Matt. And for college basketball, Sweet 16 games tonight, who is the next one seed to lose? Next one seed to lose is going to be UNC. I don't know if it's going to be tonight or not, but they're next. And who do you have? Out of the games tonight, what would be the most interesting one to watch for the fans? Will it be the Xavier-Baylor game? Will it be North Carolina State-Kansas or even Kentucky-Indiana? Honestly, I think North Carolina or North Carolina State excuse me, could give Kansas a run for their money um, if, if, if Kansas doesn't come out ready to play. I think Kansas will win that game, um, but we'll see what happens. So I, I think that's probably going to be a good game to watch. Xavier-Baylor is definitely a good game. Xavier is always a fun team to watch. And, of course, Baylor, strong program there. So uh, we'll see what happens. I hope they break out their lime green uniforms. Oh. I want to go to eBay and buy one of those. Oh, my. Yes. Culture shock uh, to the max. <laughs> those are pretty fantastic. I'm not going to lie. I do love those uniforms. So we'll right. see what happens with those. All right. Thank you so much for your call. Spread the word about Fanatic Radio. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Take All right, care. Michael. All right. You too. one of our valiant callers. Uh, we have a minute 40 left flow. Any final comments that you want to say about anything that happened in sports that we sort of missed on? I'd say definitely for kind of tucked on the uh, the bounty gate uh, penalties, I definitely feel that they were fair and just. The Saints are still going to be a contender because Drew Brees is still on down. They'll be a contender as long as he's there. Will they be a school? No, but We'll still be around. All right. Both Chipper Jones and Heinz Ward announced that they're Heinz Ward that they're both going to retire. Is it sad to think the people of our generation, as we mentioned last show or a few shows ago, Wakefield, 
and Veritech retiring. Is it sad to see the guys that we grew up with retire? Absolutely, because it just starts making you feel old. I, I think I noticed some gray hairs when I looked at myself in the mirror, so yeah. You know, getting old, in college, you know, <laughs> childhood's ending, you know, so... Yeah, Alright, so here's the most impressive team you've seen out of spring training. Is it the Angels? Is it you, Darvish of Texas? Is it Strasburg or the Nationals? Uh, honestly, I have not watched any spring training, so <laughs> I can't answer that question. Alright, and who do you think, and when are we going to get Tyler Tomei on this show? We we need to get Tyler Tomei on as often as possible, but since he's, he's always busy with whatever he's doing. That's true. Nothing. Well, that'll do it for Fanatic. That, yep, that'll do it for this episode of Fanatic Radio. You can always go to blogtalkradio.com slash fanaticradio, listen to archive footage. You can go to the podcast on iTunes, go to facebook.com slash fanaticradio to listen to more content and any extra stuff that we like to post on that site. But from American University, where we are, or where home base is for Ben Florence, I'm Michael Gardner. Keep watching that college basketball, and don't forget, it's a crazy sports world out there. We're just enjoying the ride. We're so long. We'll see you.